Now, mommy makeover is something with the top and something with the tummy. These are my must-haves for post-op care or wound care after your mommy makeover. I like on my flanks and on my back. One of the compliments I get is, I love your butt. Thanks, I bought it. <laughs> more and more Americans are taking the trip over the border for so-called mommy makeovers. There's these clinics that offer a more affordable option. Having a mommy makeover, it sounds so cute, doesn't it? Well, complications, scars, flesh-eating infections, and fatalities are not cute, okay? You know, my life is more important than anything else, and I won't go to get surgery ever again. He butchered my friend, you know? It's tough, but he did. We've already had deaths in the United States because of this disease, and unfortunately, we'll probably see more. It's not even light outside yet. And Acela Santos has her bag packed, ready to go. Marta Reyes and her daughter Sunny also started their drive before the sun came up. These women are setting out on very similar journeys with two very different destinations, separated by an international border. So I can't sleep. I'm kind of nervous about the surgery. You've entered the parking lot for your destination. Arrived. Plastic surgery is so much about risk and reward. Make a better curve in this area. For Estella and Marta, today is the day to take that risk. It will be weeks before they begin to really see the rewards. Now women are getting risky procedures like the Brazilian butt lift and some turning to other extreme measures to get results. People going under the knife to look like their perfect selfies. They say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but for some it's also about the nose or the cheeks or the lips. We're a country where so many are obsessed with plastic surgery in a world obsessed with the fountain of youth. Globally, cosmetic surgery rakes in more than $45 billion a year. And here in the U.S., we do the most. So you're not squeamish, right? Are you squeamish? The most surgeries. It's been exactly three months since I got my 360 lipo. These are my must-haves for post-op care or wound care after your mommy makeover. The most procedures. Uh -huh. I look like a chipmunk. 
We even have the most plastic surgeons. Today we're doing a super mommy makeover with tummy tuck, micro 360, BBL, and breast dog. Attitudes have really changed in plastic surgery, particularly over the last couple of decades. Back in the day when Botox first came out, no one was willing to admit that they did Botox. Now, people are going in three days after a facelift with bruises on their face going, yeah, I had some work done. So it's really exploded the field. From music stars like Lotto and Cardi B, SZA even sang about her surgery. So classic that ass so fat look natural if not. To reality stars. Come on, follow me on this journey of liposuction 360 and a professional mini BBL. Let's keep it classy, not trashy. Like Nene Leakes and Larsa Pippen. Hollywood personalities like Jessica Simpson, Chrissy Teigen, and Sharon Osbourne have all talked about what work they've had done. You've been coming and saying that, you know, you've had a bit of help along the way. Oh, darling, a lot, a lot. <laughs> but these surgeries ain't cheap, and insurance doesn't really cover it. Why is plastic surgery, just by and large, expensive? It's wanted. So there's a demand. Healthcare costs are only going to increase. We also have a very uh, large and significant border with a country which has a lower cost of living and significantly lower healthcare cost. Pricey procedures send patients on the hunt for the best bargain. Many times, that search leads them outside of the U.S. I think my tummy tuck procedure in Mexico, I added it up and I spent about 5000 here, it would have been about 18000 But cheap doesn't always mean safe. And in some cases, that body of your dreams comes at a cost that no one can afford. Can you explain what fungal meningitis is? Think about a dime size or quarter size lesion eating into the substance of the brain. Eating it. Because that's what infections do, they eat. Now, a lethal fungal infection is putting dozens of women in danger, and the CDC and the World Health Organization are sounding the alarm. What we're seeing more in this outbreak than anything else is women. This is sort of part of the phenomena of medical tourism. These are severe, life-threatening infections. At least six American women have died, all after plastic surgery in Mexico. There was a few times that I was able to talk to Cheyenne because she would tell me, I'm going to go and do this, and I was able to talk it out of her. But this time, I don't know what happened. You can feel her energy when she walks in the room. Sorry, I miss her. But this entire outbreak appears to be a symptom of a much bigger problem, an entire industry rife with loopholes. Lack of regulation and protection is leaving patients vulnerable, not just over the border, but also here at home. So is looking good really worth the risk? Is this something that could happen in the U.S.? Absolutely. My biggest fear is death. I haven't seen nobody walk home yet from this.
we're here in Texas at the Brownsville Airport, just a few miles from the Mexican border and the city of Matamoros. More and more Americans are taking the trip over the border for so-called mommy makeovers. Anything from a facelift to tummy tucks to Brazilian butt lifts. And over there, the procedures can cost 40 to 60% less than they do here in the U.S. This short drive can save thousands, even tens of thousands of dollars. Strange because it only costs three bucks to go from the U.S. side to the Mexican side. There's a sign that says International Bridge. You could really just think about these as one big city that's separated by an international border that's relatively easy to cross. Matamoros is one of Mexico's chief ports of entry for tourists sitting right along the banks of the Rio Grande. It can also be very dangerous. Earlier this year, four Americans were kidnapped on the way to a cosmetic surgery. Two died. So this is it, we're here in Mexico. Matamoros has quite a bit going on, lots of bars and restaurants and a lot of medical facilities. And every year, more than a million Americans are making the trip across the border to come here for medical tourism. Medical tourism is gradually becoming the lifeblood of this city's economy. Clinics here often count about half of all patients from the United States. And plastic surgery is a big draw. Mexico is number two in the world for medical tourism, second only to Thailand, bringing in $23 billion a year. The filler is going to change the, 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 the shape of the nose. Checking that we're in the right position. The first thing we notice is that the nose need to be more straight. My name is Dr. Franco Reyes Jacome. I'm a plastic surgeon. I have more than 35 years of experience. Dr. Jacome has worked in Matamoros for years, building one of the most respected plastic surgery clinics in the area. I choose to be a plastic surgeon because it's something that I feel so strong in me that changes not just the body, the happiness, and they feel better. You can see the difference. And the he comes from a family of doctors and takes his training very seriously. Happy. Yes. Normally, between all the years and you start medicine, it's about 12 to 14 years to finish to be a plastic surgery. Hakome does both face and body work here and says nearly 80% of his patients come across the border from the U.S. Hi, Lizzie, how are you? Nice to see you, it's a pleasure. Hakome strives for his clinic to be an example of everything that is right with Mexico's healthcare system during the rising tide of medical tourism. But the implant is gonna be exactly in this position. On this day, he's doing a butt augmentation on Marta Reyes, not the popular Brazilian butt lift or BBL. Dr. Hakome doesn't do those, too dangerous. Instead, he does implants. I think it's Everything is going to be okay. Marta had a surgery a few years ago. The 44-year-old has five kids, and she brought her daughter, Sunny, with her for support. Are you nervous? No. I've had them before, and it doesn't really hurt. Maybe it's just like a pinch. Both of them have had work done before. I think we're going to stay here overnight, and then just to see how she reacts to everything, uh, depending on her pain. Both of them trust Dr. Hakome because he's known as the gold standard in results and safety. She likes a good side, but not exaggerated. And we're gonna try to put something that she's gonna be very happy. 
And this incision, we're gonna find a space between the muscles. This is the implant, you can see. But look at the shape, it's very new implant, it's very nice shape. And I like a lot because give a big definition of what I'm looking for. To put inside the implant, look at the difference. This is totally flat, I look at this side. It looks very beautiful because it's in the middle. 280 miles away, on the U.S. side of the border, another surgeon is also getting ready to glove up. Getting a full 360 BBL tummy tuck. I'm Thomas Genevieve. I'm a board-certified plastic surgeon. I'm from the East Coast, but I live in the great state of Texas. When done properly, it helps to reduce bleeding. If you could just ballpark it, how many surgeries do you do a day? In my busy months, I'll do 25 surgeries a week. I'll do 100 a month. If you're interested in plastic surgery, today a mommy makeover, which means something with a tummy, something with a breast. While searching and scrolling on social media, you've probably seen this guy, Dr. Boom Boom Pow. We started on TikTok. I have a transgender population. One day she was on and she said, that's my doctor, Dr. Boom Boom Pow. And I was like, oh my God, what a great name. Immediately trademarked it. It's that savvy marketing that brings in business. I loved it. Best experience ever and best results ever. So it started since June of last year. My husband, I asked him about it and he said he listens to Dr. Genevieve's show on the radio. And so he was like, why don't we go with him? And now we're here a year later actually going to do it. Acela Santos is a school teacher and mother of three here. For her, this surgery is a key step toward a more confident future. I mean, after kids, like, your body just gets messed up. I've already tried the exercise routine and lose weight, but, like, the skin is still there. Like, even if I lose the weight, it's still, like, loose. So the only way to fix it is through surgery. She lives here in San Antonio, just a few hours from the Mexican border. She knows she could get this surgery there and save a lot of money. Her sister did that six years ago, and she still goes regularly for Botox. I grew up in Laredo, Texas, which is a border town, and so I know how Mexico is, so I would never do any kind of procedure like this over there in Mexico. And then the doctors, I don't know any, any of them, and so I wouldn't trust anything to be done to me over there. It's better to pay the three extra thousand or four and be safe than go over there and then something bad happens. This surgery, liposuction, a tummy tuck, and a Brazilian butt lift, will cost her about $15,000, affordable by most American standards. The same surgery in Beverly Hills could cost 50 or 60 grand. What do your kids think about all this? Um, I don't know. They're just kind of like, okay, mom, like, that's what you want to do. Just do it. The reason this is dangerous is because this is called the triangle of death here, which is on the buttocks. Dr. Genevieve says one of his most popular surgeries is the infamous BBL, the one Dr. Hokome in Matamoros won't perform. Genevieve says he does 12 to 15 every week. So now what we're going to do is we're going to take this creamy fat now and we're going to reverse the flows. Here it comes, there it comes, there it comes, see? So I'm going to create hips first. So believe it or not, this is the most dangerous operation in America right now, beside like cardiac. Now I'm going to shape her butt. You can see the flatness here and how that's got a little bit more curve. Just add water. 
That's a BBL. So even though I'm a plastic surgeon, I consider myself sort of the anti-plastic surgery plastic surgeon because if there are other ways of achieving a positive physical outcome, I think you should go for that. Raise up your arms. Dr. Terry Dubrow is probably one of the best known and most successful plastic surgeons in the country. Listen, I know you've had a bad experience. We don't want to be part of that bad experience. He's half of the dream team on the hit show Botched. I didn't bring him into the fold because he's pretty, that's for sure. Right, so a Brazilian butt lift may seem very benign with low risk. As it turns out, it's by far the riskiest procedure in plastic surgery and potentially the most fatal. And that's because when you take fat out of the body and inject it into the buttock, there's these little blood vessels in the buttock that are very short and very easy to get fat injected into. That's called a fat embolism. And that's the most common cause of death in plastic surgery. So 700 here and 1100 here, but it kind of equalized. Dr. Genevieve prides himself on his experience. He says he's never had a patient die because of one of his surgeries. Being so close to the border, Genevieve says he does get patients who went to Mexico and now need help fixing botched surgeries. It's not good to bash our Mexican colleagues. Are you gonna go to Tijuana and come back probably with a good breast implant? Probably. We don't know the numbers, but they can't be all that bad because a lot of people are doing it. You're four hours from the border. So do you get patients who come in here and find out your price and are like, well, wait a second, I could drive across the border and pay quite a bit less? We do, and if it's good, you got lucky. And if you made it and you didn't get weird stuff happening to you, infections, bleeding, then congratulations. When you say made it, you mean you're alive. You're alive, you like your results, you had no complications, you made it. Plastic and cosmetic surgery is a booming industry. In 2020, people spent more than $16 billion on procedures in the United States alone. In 96, when I became a resident, people who got plastic surgery were wealthy uh, and or they didn't want anyone to know. Now I don't think they want anyone not to know. I think social media has been a boon to plastic surgery, without a doubt. The latest TikTok rage is all about the ubiquitously titled Mommy Makeover. I am now five days post-op. What is a Mommy Makeover? A Mommy Makeover is something with the top and something with the tummy. Could be a breast dog lift and a tummy tuck. That's the main ones. I've gone into more bigger surgeries called super mommy makeovers, where I add something up here, something down here, and now something down there. My mommy makeovers are between twenty-five and $30,000. The whole idea is to reverse the changes that happen during pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding. Plastic surgeons love to talk about and use the terms having a little work done or having a mommy makeover, going for medical tourism vacation. It sounds so cute, doesn't it? Well, complications, scars, broken wounds, flesh-eating infections and fatalities are not cute, okay?
It almost feels like you've earned it, right? I had some kids, I've, I've raised them, and now I've earned this mommy makeover to feel confident and good again. It's There's no shame in it. Picking out what to wear is crazy right now. Y'all wanna go see my closet? My name is Nicole, and I am a plastic surgery doll. This is what I wore for New Year's Eve this year. So before surgery, I would never wear something like this. I think as women, we tend to be our worst critics and you tear yourself apart. And I think that there's something powerful and wanting to change something about yourself and actually going and having the courage to do it. I'm not shy that I've had work done. And so one of the com compliments I get is I love your butt. And my response every time is thanks, I bought it. <laughs> The 37-year-old is a busy mom chasing around four active kids. Back in 2019, she decided it was time to address the things that had been bugging her since adolescence. I decided I wanted to do breast augmentation and breast lift. She says that first surgery opened a door. Nicole had another surgery in 2020, then 2021, then again in 2022. Four surgeries in four years. A tummy tuck liposuction and a BBL. That surgery was really intense. After surgery, you wake up from anesthesia and the first words out of my mouth were, what did I do to myself? It's rough, but it went really good. I know I look really good. He snatched me, my waist is tiny. Babe, <laughs> my butt is so big. My butt is huge. Two of the surgeries Nicole got were down in Matamoros, Mexico. I think my tummy tuck procedure in Mexico, I added it up and I spent about 5,000. And if I would have had that surgery here, it would have been about 18,000. I stand strong that my post-op care in Mexico was better than here in the US. And that could have been the clinic that I chose, but they took good care of me. Is there a significant difference between uh, Mexican facilities and U.S. facilities? Most of our data, most of our studies that we're looking at don't show any significant differences. David Viquist is the founder and director of the Center for Medical Tourism Research. The group provides health tourism training programs for Mexican health providers that want to attract Americans. In the United States, we have such a convoluted healthcare system that includes co-pays, it includes deductibles, it includes other out-of-pocket expenses. Patient consumerism is, is not something that can be stopped. Particularly younger people with access to more information on the internet are increasingly engaging in finding the care they want, when they want it, how they want it, at the price they want it. And that is sweeping the world. She's just scheduled her mommy makeover. So good for her. While Nicole says her experience in Mexico was great, she knows that's not the case for everyone. Nicole is part of a Facebook group for women getting surgery in Mexico. That's where she first saw posts about the fungal meningitis outbreak, including one from a woman named Alondra. This woman is in the hospital positive. She said, June 9th, I know what I post might not change your minds. Ladies, please be safe and definitely try to postpone until everything is clear. I don't wish this on anyone. We found Alondra a week later. Hi, my name is Alondra Lomas. I am currently admitted in St. Joseph's Hospital, Phoenix, Arizona. 
I tested positive for fungal meningitis. She invited us to see what her life has been like and agreed to a few interviews, some on Zoom, some she filmed herself, describing what it's like to live in a hospital for more than a month. I have a couch, there's a window. Hi, it's four, almost five in the morning, and they woke me up because they're going to change my pick line dressing. So I am going to attempt my walk right now. Um, I am in pain because of my lungs. So it is 1.30 in the morning. This pain is just so unbearable with this infection. The mother of two hasn't been able to tuck her kids into bed for weeks. She can't make them lunch or pick them up from school. But like millions of women before her, it was in part what motherhood did to her body that drew her to plastic surgery. I've had two C-sections with my kids. That's why I wanted an option to do the lipo and the BBL, because I just wanted a minimal natural look, just a little bit, you know, of that mommy pouch gone, and that was it. Alondra says she chose to go to Mexico because some of her friends had gone before and they were happy with the results. She joined a Facebook group where she connected with a coordinator who helps patients navigate international care. So we contact them via Facebook. We make our deposits through Zelle and she tells us secretaries of the doctors and then they book it. So there's no communication within us to the facility. The surgeon she chose, Dr. Luis Manuel Rivera de Anda, he offers a variety of cosmetic surgeries on his Facebook page. For Americans, these prices look better than a bargain. At first, I was nervous. I was scared because, you know, it's cosmetic surgery. But then I was, like, feeling happy about it because I was like, you know, I'm going to get the body that I want. I'm going to come out and I'm going to be okay. Alondra flew down to Brownsville, Texas, then crossed the border to Matamoros. Dr. Rivera worked out a Clinica K3. Like many Mexican clinics, surgery there is done using epidurals for anesthesia. I had woke up during it, and I was laying um, face down. And so he was liposuctioning my back, and I remember it was just so much pressure that I was holding the anesthesiologist's hand. And then they just sedated me more and put me back to sleep. In general, most plastic surgery is done under general anesthesia. It's very uncommon to use an epidural. It's cheaper, but you don't have the same level of control of the body as you do under general anesthesia. I mean, you're going right into the, the base of the spine, and all that fluid communicates with the brain. So if you infect down by your butt, yeah. it travels all the way up and bathes your cerebrum, your head, your brain. One thing we know about the way anesthesiology works in Mexico, the anesthesiologists themselves bring their own medicines in. So it's not like they come to a hospital and they order from the pharmacy. So where they source them from, how they handle them is really on them. Surgery took about two hours. Um, I stayed overnight and then the next day I flew back home. And then I went back to work five days after post-op. What Alondra didn't know was that she was already infected. At first, she says it was easy to brush off the headaches and back pain. She's a mom with an active seven-year-old and a baby. She works, and yeah, she had just had surgery. Then come March 31st, I was taking my kids to Walmart, and I had got off the car, and when I stood up, I felt severe a severe pain in my head, and then my neck and my spine. And as we were walking, I felt like if I couldn't walk. 
Alondra immediately reached out to the surgical coordinator and doctor. She says they didn't have any real answers. Throughout April, the symptoms would come and go. By May, she says everything suddenly got worse, adding fatigue and hallucinations. On May 7th, Alondra went to St. Joseph's Medical Center. The doctors told me that if I didn't go on time, I could have died within 24 hours because this is a fatal infection. Dr. Tom Chiller studies fungal diseases. That's his job at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This pathogen, it's a very deadly pathogen and it doesn't respond well to antifungal therapy. In the most simple terms, meningitis is when an infection causes inflammation in the protective membranes that surround the brain and spinal cord. Most of the time, it's a viral or bacterial infection. Fungal meningitis is really rare. Symptoms like backaches, headaches, and sensitivity to light usually appear more gradually, making it harder to diagnose. It's critical to get treatment as early as possible. The longer you wait to get treatment, the worse you potentially will do, and the harder it is to save your life. By May 11th, the CDC had enough cases in the U.S. to notify Mexican officials about the outbreak, linking all of them to cosmetic surgery in Matamoros. Quickly, they identified two private clinics, Riverside Surgical Center and Clinica K3, where Alondra had her surgery. I reached out to the facility. They blocked me. I reached out to the secretaries. No response. And then the surgeon, yeah, the surgeon blocked me when I tried to reach out to him. So we're here outside Clinica K3 in Matamoros, and you can see some of these big pictures that show the different procedures that they would do here. But now look at this. There are even these big signs that say suspension in front of the building. But this didn't happen until multiple other women got infected. Some even died. Las cerradas por, eh, por el caso de la meningitis, la K3 y la Riverside, aparte, Hay una revisión de otras 10 clínicas, por no cumplir con los requisitos, se cerraron. La hipótesis más fuerte que tenemos es que un lote de los medicamentos utilizados para la anestesia, para la anestesia epidural o raquidia, estuviera contaminada. The CDC has issued an alert telling anyone who had procedures under epidural anesthesia between January 1st and May 13th of this year that they need to go to their local emergency room and get tested for meningitis. I think the challenge is that some people don't have insurance. It may become sort of a health equity issue in certain cases where they wanted to go to the hospital, but they were worried because they didn't have insurance that they would be charged a lot of money to be treated. This isn't the first time Mexico has dealt with an outbreak like this. Just six months ago, there were 80 cases of fungal meningitis from a medical center. 39 women died. And it's not just limited to Mexico. In 2012, tainted steroid injections infected 14,000 people in the U.S. and dozens died. Fungal infections, both in Mexico and in the United States, have been growing significantly just in the United States alone. Uh, since 2019, uh, fungal infections have gone up approximately 95%. I hope that I can help a lot of other women to stop going and getting the surgery and getting sick themselves. 
also I'm hoping that because I'm sharing my story too, it's hopeful to other women to get better as well. After more than a month in the hospital, it didn't appear that the medicine was working for Alondra. She invited our camera inside the day before she had to have brain surgery to create a port to deliver the drugs directly to the infection. I'm anxious. I'm kind of scared about it, but I'm trying to stay positive. You know, I'm hoping this is the key to sending me home and getting me cured and helping me. What is going through your mind right now? Um, just making sure that I'm gonna wake up from it or no complications. Yeah, I would have. Hold on, okay, sweet. I'll go get your nurse. Stop rolling. The other thing that's challenging with treating this particular fungus is where it is. That's a space that's hard to get at, hard for drugs to access. Some drugs don't penetrate very well there. The CDC is tracking about 200 people that they know had surgery in Matamoros and could be at risk. At least nine people are confirmed infected. So far, at least seven women have died, one in Mexico and six Americans. Alondra knows some of those women. What are your greatest fears at this point? Fears? Death? And I only say that because I have not seen one lady leave. I have not seen no girl go home yet. That includes the woman she befriended in Mexico, the woman who had her plastic surgery just two hours after Alondra. This one? No. This one? Nena Roman never thought she'd be here playing dress up. Are you sure you want to wear this? And doing hair. I'm a boy mom, so I don't do any kind of hair stuff. But since the death of her best friend Cheyenne Medrano from fungal meningitis, she's become a surrogate mother to eight-year-old Arias. She doesn't know it, but she, she saved me because I could have hurt more than what I've been hurting, you know. When I lost Cheyenne, it was a little bit better just because Arias was there to make funny jokes, and just to be a kid. She's innocent. Nena and Cheyenne had been best friends since they were just teenagers in high school. They grew up together, laughed together, fought together. We just clicked. Go, bestie! Eventually, they had babies at the same time. Nena's second, Cheyenne's first. Cheyenne was very flamboyant, like she was very happy, like always giggling, laughing, joking around. She always spoke her mind, that's for sure, like a firecracker. She was an awesome person. You can, you can feel her energy when she walks in the room. Nena says she had no idea her friend had decided to travel to Mexico for plastic surgery. And it turns out, neither did her family. She went for BBL because 
it was at a discounted price, you know, and she would get lipo and a free BBL, but I wasn't aware of it. Cheyenne never mentioned it to anybody until after the fact. Cheyenne got interested in cosmetic surgery a few years back. Cheyenne felt that she was gaining weight and she wasn't looking the same. At 31, Cheyenne had decided she wanted to get liposuction and the infamous BBL. There was a few times that I was able to talk her out of it because it wasn't the first time that she wanted to go and get this procedure. But this time, I don't know what happened. She traveled from Houston to Matamoros and had surgery on March 13th, like Alondra. By the time she confessed to Big Brother AJ, it was Easter weekend, nearly a month later. When she confided in me and told me, hey, look, bro, don't tell mom. At that time, she was doing good. But, of course, she had not shared with me some of the issues that she was already um, dealing with. She kept getting headaches. She was very sensitive to light. I remember I went over to pick up the baby, and Cheyenne couldn't walk. She's like, Mom, I feel like my back is going to break. And I said, you have to go to the hospital. Something's not right with you. Cheyenne's family says the hospital started her on antibiotics, but everything kept getting worse. She had had a stroke right under their nose. My heart dropped that day. Her words to me were, I'm scared. Then I'm scared. While in the hospital, Cheyenne opened up about her surgery experience. She was awake during this whole procedure. They did it with local anesthesia, was with an epidural. She didn't think she was going to make it. You know, she started mentioning things about, like, I don't want to be connected to machines. I don't want to be on tubes. I don't want to be a vegetable. Just days later, after sending Nena home to her family and congratulating her brother on the birth of his new son, Cheyenne's mom says her daughter went into cardiac arrest. The last conversation that I had with her, she was slurring, could barely talk, but she uttered out the words, congratulations, brother. I saw the pictures of him. He's a beautiful baby boy, and uh, I can't wait to hold him. And I told her, don't worry, sis, you will. You know, just get better. Never since then, she was on life support. She never came back out of it. Cheyenne remained in a coma for three weeks. The family left to make the excruciating decision to take her off life support. All I wanted was my daughter back. That's all I wanted. And to let her go, it just broke me inside. I have anger towards the doctor. I have anger. I do feel like he just, he butchered my friend. You know, it's tough, but he did. These days, Cheyenne's family and friends often get together to reminisce. I got this picture right here. It was Sarah's um, first birthday. 
Man, look how little you are. Yeah, she's beautiful. It was one of the best moments we had together. When she had her bangs. Yeah. I don't like those bangs. <laughs> <laughs> they want her life to mean something. They want her death to be more than a headline. I want her story to teach girls that, I mean, it's okay to get these surgeries. I'm not knocking nobody on it, but just do your research. Cause you're literally here one day and in Cheyenne's case, she was gone the next. With saving people's lives, I gotta believe that that was her purpose here. Her mission in life was to bring awareness to something that was gonna save others. For now, they have the memory of Cheyenne's spirit in her daughter. She was really fun, and, and I miss her a lot. Everybody says I look like my mom. So whenever I look at myself in the mirror, I see my mom. So far, the doctors involved in Cheyenne's surgery have not been charged with anything. But according to Mexican officials, they aren't helping the investigation. That includes the anesthesiologist who administered the epidural. Tiene todas sus licencias. Es una gente preparada, con experiencia, eh, dentro de la Asociación de Anestesiólogos de, de, de Matamoros. Realmente no se pudo contactar. Nosotros buscamos contactarla para darle seguimiento este, clínico. Y los médicos que, que, que intervinieron tampoco se ha podido este, contactar con ellos. No están en la ciudad. We've reached out to both clinics involved in the outbreak and Dr. Rivera. We've received no response. Cheyenne's family eventually found out that Dr. Rivera is legally allowed to do cosmetic surgery, but he's actually trained as a gynecologist, not a plastic surgeon. Eso se está investigando. El que se tenga una licencia y todo está, se, está, se está investigando. That loophole exists not just in Mexico, it's also allowed in the United States. About 50% of the plastic surgery done in this country is done by untrained cosmetic surgeons who have no formal training in plastic surgery. It's very scary. Even in Beverly Hills, over 50% of the plastic surgery done in Beverly Hills, the capital of cosmetic surgery, is done by untrained cosmetic surgeons. And you know, plastic surgery is as serious as cardiac surgery or cancer surgery. It's as serious as a heart attack. It is surgery. Star surgeon Terry Dubrow has 37 years of experience in plastic surgery. Unfortunately, plastic surgery is very unregulated. Anyone can literally call themselves a cosmetic surgeon, even if they have no surgical training at all, even if they're a radiologist. To be a plastic surgeon, to advertise yourself as a plastic surgeon, you have to have formal training in plastic surgery. Over the years, Dr. Dubrow has watched the increasing phenomenon of medical tourism take hold, especially in plastic surgery. Plastic surgery is expensive, right? So if there's a way that you can have plastic surgery for less money and still feel relatively safe doing it, a lot of people pursue that. 
In order to save money though, you actually are taking on a lot more potential risk than you may realize. First of all, if you cross the border to have cosmetic surgery, you don't know who the surgeons are, you don't know anything about the facility, and just by virtue of going over there on a plane, you're increasing the risk of a complication. Of course, that risk exists if you travel inside the U.S. too. And Dr. Dubrow has plenty of criticism for his field right here at home. So my message to the cosmetic surgeons, if you're a doctor who's trained in a specialty outside of plastic surgery, practice that specialty. Leave plastic surgery alone, okay? You know better and you are doing harm. As this latest outbreak lingers, it doesn't appear to be stopping the wave of women going across the border for surgery. I don't know if it will cause change. Women are going to want surgery and they're going to want to feel good. And I don't know if they care. And that's really sad to say. Choose wisely. A lot of people make a lot of research to buy a car. How can you not do a research and investigation to which doctor you want to go? I'm not here to bash Mexico, Canada. Dominican Republic, um, border towns, uh, I'm not here to do that. I am here to say, make sure, what, make sure you know what's going to happen if something happens. Test it yeah. before you go. Call that clinic. I'm having a problem, I'm leaking from my boob. Or I'm having an infection. What did the clinic say before you went? If you're like, I'm sorry, I don't know what you're talking about. I hang up on you, you probably shouldn't go. Yeah. If you want to figure out whether your cosmetic surgeon is actually trained in plastic surgery, ask him or her if they can do that procedure in a hospital. Because a hospital will not allow you to do plastic or cosmetic surgery in their facility unless you're board certified and have been vetted by that hospital. In Matamoros, the day after surgery, Marta Reyes is ready to make the journey home. That means four hours laying face down in the back seat to avoid putting pressure on her new implants. She's hoping in a few weeks she'll be able to properly show off her new figure. Up in San Antonio, Estella is just beginning her road to recovery. Hi, you made it. Dr. Genevieve says being a plastic surgeon is about more than just the surgery. He's the rare doctor who visits a nearby hotel to make sure his patients are okay. How does that make you feel when you're, you've worked in this field for so long, worked so hard, take all of these precautions to make sure your patients are safe, when you hear that someone went another route and died? I want to scream from the top of the mountain that there's good guys like us, but it's more expensive to be a good guy. It takes a lot of effort, time, and money to be at the top of your game and to be safe. It doesn't take any money to not be safe. Is all of that worth it for something that many would say is just vanity? When I see the reflections of these people's faces, uh, that I've done a good job on them, and I've propelled them into a different state of mind and or a different part of their life, I think it is. How do you feel like it all went? Good. It was like really fast for me, but 
I heard it took like five hours. You're like, no matter what it takes, this was all worth it. Mm -hmm. Like every day that passes, I'll get better and better. For now, Alondra Lomas is embracing that hope too. It appears her brain surgery is helping. I thought they were going to shave my whole head off and I was telling my family, well, at least I can make a joke about it and say, you know, I'm going to wear wigs. But surprisingly, it was a really small incision and I'm surprised that, you know, they were able to cut off just a minimal piece of the hair. She's not out of the woods yet, but her children give her the strength to fight. I try to stay strong, you know, because my motto is if I feel sick, I'm always going to be sick. So I try to, you know, stay positive because I need to be there for my children. You know, I don't want to have another party in the hospital because my son's birthday is in August. I want to be able to go home and be present. Alondra wants her story to mean something, to encourage women to get checked before it's too late. It's like a silent killer. So just please get seen, get checked, whether regardless if you feel symptoms or not, just it doesn't hurt to get seen.